Hey everyone, welcome back to my channel. Now before we start, just want to say a big thanks for today's sponsors, Casita Properties, who is the UK's emerging property company for buy-to-let and homeowners. And what I'll do is I'm going to include all the links in the description below, so go check them out and it'll be on the screen somewhere. So today I have the pleasure of welcoming Daniel Daggers, Mr. Super Prime. <laughs> I've been wanting to get you on the channel for some time now. We spoke uh, a while ago on Instagram yeah. and the reason I wanted to get you on is I see you as someone who is changing the market but also leading it so just for anyone who doesn't know who you are um, just that 30,000 view of what you do and and where you are now so I'm an estate agent um, but I think our roles evolving so I call myself an advisor and have done for a number of years I started off selling studio flats for 85,000 pounds and made 85 pound in commission on that deal because it was a half comp which people in the industry means you just split your commission with the introducing agent of the buyer. And then gradually climbed the industry, worked in a small independent glass window, in the window, and um, stayed there for 10, 11 years. Saw how the world was changing with globalization and the internet starting to you know, really make an impact. And then I moved to a big organization called Knight Frank. And I started in one office there and gradually ended up uh, running the super prime team or the private office now. And um, you could say I've done a lot of business and traveled a lot, met some fascinating people. Yeah. So it's awesome. I mean, if you go onto your description or anyone that checks out, and we'll also include all your links in the description below, is that you. you've done a huge amount of deals. You've closed off a huge, a huge amount of deals. And what I want to touch on firstly is there seems to be a change in the market with, especially if we look at someone like yourself, opposed to the traditional high street agent mm -hmm. is there a movement into because i hear a lot that it's almost like the american setup in the us mm. opposed to the structure of what an agent is in the uk like your typical high street the business that you're in is it very much this new way of working or are you setting a new sort of yeah, yeah no um so i get asked this question quite a lot right um and I don't want to disrupt the sponsor's position, right? Very conscious about state agency and we're going through a moment of flux. Uh, the same thing happened in 2000 and, uh, well, 2000, 1999, 98, 97, when the internet came along, all of a sudden an estate agent, estate agent that invested in their website could all of a sudden had buyers coming from all around the world to their website to find them to then do some business. And I saw a change happening when individuals had an opportunity to go and speak to the customer on a regular occurrence. So every day I can post and my audience will see what I'm doing and that 100,000 followers over digital channels I'm essentially marketing to. But I never ask for anything. I always just share, okay, whatever I can share to help people. And so when I, when I saw GDPR, yeah, general data protection regulation coming to play across Europe, I realized that me or the company yeah, speaking to potential customers on a regular basis is very difficult. Yeah, because you have to agree to accept the information from me, and if I send you too much, you could cancel me, and I can't speak to you again. Or if I send you something that isn't of interest, you could cancel me, and I don't speak to you again. Over digital channels, you opt in to receive information, and what that means is the flow of information now, rather than it go through a corporate route, comes via an individual because every day I'm sharing information with you. And that means that the individual comes to the forefront of the business. And that's quite a nice way of thinking about how we need to recognize that we are representing ourselves. Everybody is a business. Yep. All of a sudden, I have to take responsibility over my actions. And if I work in a certain business, that business is there to support me for me to be great.
And so we're seeing now um, the personalization of information to audiences that want to receive it from the people they want to receive it from. And that's in every industry, but particularly the estate agency business, which is a service sector business. And that is, uh, it's really powerful. Yeah. Do you think the difference, because obviously you have a very powerful social media presence. Yeah. Do you think being the front of your business, having this new way of working when it comes to marketing, social media, really putting yourself out there, and we've just spoken about, mm. has that set you apart from your traditional high street? Is that allowed you to do, and go on to do these bigger deals? Yeah, well, the company that I was working in allowed me to do the bigger deals right. because I had more visibility and I met wealthier people. Um, but there have been significant changes across the world. So where money is being made, crypto, for instance, right? There's a lot of young people. There's very little barrier to entry. If they were brave, if they were lucky, whatever you want to call it, right? And I'm, I'm not a, uh, a cynic. Um, it, it created opportunity for people who don't come from established wealth to go and make a lot of money very quickly. And those young guys and girls are going to go and spend it through people that they want to spend it through. And they might buy their way up to the top or they might go to a traditional business, but they have the optionality now on who they want to speak to. And so individuals like me have the ability to say, hey, I'm here to help. And if you like who I am as a person, i.e. how I market real estate, how I am as an individual, where I spend my time, who I spend my time with, what my morals and belief system is, that's going to either put you in a place of comfort to choose me to do business, or you'll say, yeah, not my kind of guy, right? I'd rather go somewhere else. But I do think, coming back to your question previously, because I want to answer them, um, there is, a, there is um, a modification process now when you start to enable the business into a digital environment um, that it doesn't necessarily support conventional estate agency, okay? Um, I'm not entirely sure, well, I know for a fact actually, I think that would be lying if I said I'm not entirely sure. The, the current business model doesn't necessarily support the customer, mm -hmm. right? A buyer does want to go and speak to 15 different estate agents in a neighborhood to try and find a property and everyone's pretending to be their best friend. They don't. They want to speak to one person who delivers all the information to them so it's an efficient use of their time and that person there is to support them. That's why the system around the world, not just in the US, yeah. around the world, works that way. Okay? Because it supports the customer whichever way you look at it. Yeah? It supports the buyer or the tenant. It supports the landlord. The landlord wants to have 100% market share. They want everyone to be able to sell their property, but they want one person to handle it all. To deal with, yeah. And so we are, and, and, and I used to make this mistake, uh, we'd all say, oh, this is the American model. It's not the American model. It's the world model. I've traveled the world. This is how it works generally, okay? Um, but we know that it's the American model because we have the visibility, the TV shows. Right. And now people are starting to be more aware of how other things happen around the world. Why is that relevant to us? And do I have an opportunity to be more successful adopting a different routine, adopting a different business model? And so with the introduction of media from different outlets, you can start getting different opinions yeah. and then you form your own result, right? You form your own, own opinion. 
And so that's what we're going through at the moment. So do you think it's a case of, it's, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head, I think that it's more of a case of adopting the change and that we just see it as the US because they have a lot of TV shows that are, you know, I mean, they're pushed in our face. We see that. We don't necessarily see that with the UK, but with someone we like... We don't, but we will. Right, okay. We so will. It's, it's just that change being adopted and then put into the media. Well, let's look at it a slightly different way. If, if you're a business and you have a shop on the high street, and you have 15 um, properties in your window. You are hoping that your customer is going to walk past your office, mm. stand outside and look at all 15 properties, okay? That might happen 10 times a day, okay? And they'll spend two seconds, five seconds, six seconds on each property, yeah. and only one will be relevant. And I've, I've done some analysis over this. I've put someone outside an office and told them how many people are walking past the office, how many people stop, how long do they, how much time do they spend in front of the office? Because I want to see the value of offices, yeah, estate agency businesses that are on the road. I know that I can get my property in front of thousands of people for free. No overheads. Yeah, no overheads. Well, practically no overheads. You, it's yeah, the curation of content. Yeah, that is the overhead now. Yeah, and so I can get your property in front of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of people because I know how to market over digital channels. So it's an efficient business tool. Digital is better than office, but there's still a place for office. It's just the office has to change. Yeah, yeah. Expecting the customers come to you to buy something from a stranger, I think those days are gone. All going. Yeah, and now what's going to happen is we're going to see companies and offices rely on their staff to produce beautiful content to go and message to the world to capture their attention bring them into the office and transact yeah think about the one thing that really amazes me is that we don't trust loads of people right you wouldn't trust someone to hold your handbag you wouldn't trust someone to you wouldn't just give your watch to a stranger right or your car keys and say yeah i'll be back in you know one hour you just wouldn't do that because you don't trust them. But you're prepared to walk into an office, speak to a stranger, give them the keys to your house, yeah. know nothing about them except for the fact they work in a certain business, a box, and say, go through my house whenever you want. And I'm going to trust you with yourself, my most expensive asset that I'll ever own in my life. When you break it down like that, it gets you thinking. Yeah. And so... I don't think that's particularly healthy. Mm. And that's why every individual needs a social media or digital footprint, because I want to check you out. I want to know who you are as a person. I'm not going to aimlessly just give you my keys because you work at a brand. It's a service sector industry. We're not selling a product. Yeah, we are the product. Yeah. And then we sell a product. Yeah. Yeah. So there's loads of changes, but I don't like this concept of doing business with strangers because you have to. Yeah. I suppose it's traditional society of what we think is the right thing. You know, we see the high street brand and that's what we believe. We've seen our parents do it, we've seen our grandparents do it, so that's what we believe. Sure, I totally get that. And it takes time, right? It takes time. But one thing I recognise in the world is that change happens really fast. And um, patterns or trends, they don't end. They keep going and they build momentum and then something else happens. And so uh, living in a world of cynicism just stops you from doing anything, but living in a world where you want to see what's going on, you're curious, you'll be ahead of change, yeah, because you want to see it, you're open-minded. 
but now it's it's in my eyes I see everybody as a retailer mm -hmm. so everyone that works in this business is a retailer they're selling a product but they are the service yeah and they need to produce content every day of the digital channels to engage the audience and maintain their relationships with their potential customers yeah it's, it's interesting because marketing is such a big part like you said the the cost now we can have minimal overheads i totally agree yeah i, I run at middle minimal overheads but this is the cost to get ourselves out there to generate that business which ties me on to kind of the avenue where i want to go is that you've positioned yourself or certainly uh, as that mr super prime who's now dealing with you know higher caliber clients you know uh bigger stock what was the transition or what did you have to do within yourself and your business when you realized because this i find that i relate to this a lot mm -hmm. from where i started to where i am now to the clients that i work with now that i had to also transition and adapt and adopt and change when what did you have to do and when did you notice the difference from going from a retail to an ultra high net worth okay so first and foremost you need to have a belief system yeah there's a North Star. This is where I could potentially get to one day. I don't really necessarily believe in goals, financial goals. I don't have any financial goals in my life, okay? But if I perform and I work in a way where I'm going to get better every day, I'll end up getting to the place that I'm going to get to and I'll learn whatever I'm going to earn. I believe in the concept of working better every day, right? Being a better human being every day, whatever I choose to spend my time in. But when I was working at Vickers and Company for 10 years, it was hamster wheel stuff, right? It was, you know, get something on, sell it, get something on, sell it, get something on, sell it. But I realized the importance of individuals and the people I was doing business with. And I wanted them as customers for life. So um, making my commission was important to me because I needed to earn a living. My basic salary was 9,000 pounds, right? Um, but I saw this as a learning curve, everything I was learning from. You know, at school I was told I was stupid. Yeah, my grades were two Bs, three Cs, and the rest were Ds. Like, no one's coming out of school with those grades, and everyone's going, yes, you can conquer the world. Yeah. You could be excellent. You could be the pinnacle of any industry. You're told that you're stupid, right? And in the system, you're not going to do very well. So um, because of my sporting background, I never really just let things go. I always kept on trying to do better, okay? I wasn't good enough to be a professional footballer. When I went into a big business and I saw the professionalism, that helped me become more professional. But people at the high levels of the market accept added value, right? That's what they accept. They don't want people who don't add any value. So you have to understand where your position is relating to the business that you're working in and the industry, and you have to add value. So. Your belief system keeps you there. I'm really good. I'm a good human being. I'm trying my best. I'm going to keep going, keep going, keep going. But then you have to layer on top lessons that you learn when you fail and when you win. Yeah. And you have to recognize it. It's better if you recognize people's wins and failure, other people's wins and failure, I should say. Sorry. Right? Instead of being a cynic and saying, oh, he's winning. I don't like him because of this or that. Go, hmm, why is he or she winning? What's so good about them? Maybe their marketing is great. Maybe the way they speak, how they present in person, how they present online. And then you go, okay, I'm going to take that. And you put it in your pocket and you learn. And then when people fail, why did they fail? What happened? Why did I fail? How can I make sure and I mitigate that that's not going to happen again? And you keep adding these things to the equation. 
and building. So have you noticed then, because you've closed off, I think it's over 4 billion worth of mm-hmm. transactions overall. That's a lot of uh, you know, transactions to complete. So that, have you seen a pattern or a theme with those who are very wealthy in the way that they deal with business opposed to if you were to go to a retail investor? Is it quicker? Is it, is it more simpler for you? Because I find that yep. the wealthier they are, actually decisions are made really quick. Well, it depends on who you're doing business with. Right? If you're dealing with a businessman, or businesswoman, um, they're very efficient with their decision making. Yeah? Yeah. But we're also working in a very emotional environment and people buying homes, not just investments. Yeah. So I don't really sell that many investments. Um, much more of a retail agent, let's put it that way. And there are emotions involved. So you have to recognize patterns beforehand. The reason why it is easier at the top end of the market, even though people are more demanding, is that the professionals that work around them are really good. Yeah. So when I'm producing a piece of marketing material and then I agree a deal, everything is done. And then when I deliver it to the lawyer, the lawyer goes, okay, this is a professional person I'm doing business with and he's done it really exceptionally well here. And so now it's my time to perform. And there's a level of respect between the people in the industry. So it is easier because the people around them are better. But it doesn't mean that the principles are easier to deal with because they're not. Yeah. In many instances, they're not. We agreed a deal last week, and we've been chopping and changing in between different nuances, um, clarification of um, costs associated with the acquisition of the property, what's the tax position, like so many nuances that we have to consider. So when you get to the higher end of the market, there are loads of things you have to be, I wouldn't say an expert, but you have to have knowledge about structure, tax, uh, interior design, materials, um, surveying decisions that may or may not go our way. Um, there's loads of things that you need to know little pieces of, unless you're taught them in a course, which, which I'm building. Do you find that the middle work, I think when people want to go on to do bigger deals, mm. bigger business, I think people hold themselves back from thinking that it's going to be that much extra work. Whereas would you say that actually the middle work is exactly the same, but it comes down to what you've just said, the professionalism, the efficiency of delivering something where someone can just do the checkbox. Yeah, brilliant, 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 and make a decision. I think people hold themselves back in thinking they can't do a bigger deal because it's that much more complex. Do you no, find it's not. that it's, no, it's, it's not. just as simple, but it's down to the individuals working that deal? It, it, is, it is just as simple, but there's different elements that are more complicated. So now you have to create content. Yeah. Well, who told you how to create content? Who's taught you how to do that? You know, I see pictures of bathrooms and I see toilets and pictures. You'll never see a toilet in a picture of a bathroom yeah. that we're marketing, right? These are the little nuances that you need to figure out. That's, Otherwise, yeah. everything else is very similar. Yeah. Very, very similar. But there's new elements now. Yeah. It's, it's very marketing heavy, isn't it? Everything is marketing. Actually, we're a marketing business that does real estate on the side. Yeah, sells a product on the side. Yeah. So to where you are now, I know it's- By the way, we are marketing businesses. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So am I. So the people that work with me. It's all sales and marketing. And that's that's one thing I think where people, everyone has the possibility, right, but it's that confidence to go and show your face. Yeah, it's not easy. But look, in the beginning when I started doing social about six years ago, six and a half years ago, it was really difficult. I was practically the only guy on the planet who was a real estate influencer, okay? And all I did was document my days. And I was the first guy doing it. And now 
everyone's doing it. So it's much easier because you're no longer the fool. I was the person who's making mistakes in front of all my peers. Yeah. But I was prepared to do that. Yeah. Because I felt that this was long game. This this was a trend that was going to continue, and that I would be. I might be one of only a handful now, but I'll be one of millions across the planet soon. So, um, is that getting uncomfortable to eventually be comfortable and then shine? I don't think I am eventually comfortable. Like I'm constantly uncomfortable because I'm constantly pushing myself. Yeah. Like I'm doing a training course for real estate agents, newbies and people who've been in the industry for a while because we're going through an industrial revolution. Yeah. You know, look, everyone's now on camera. How do we go about doing this? How do you, how do you build your, your, your online persona? Shouldn't be a persona, but you. So I'm building a course for that. Now that's not easy. No. Never done that before. I'm looking forward to it because I want to help as many people as possible. But um, always, I'm always in a position of what next? Yeah. Always looking ahead. Yeah, always looking ahead. There's no point looking to today. Today is manufactured from yesterday or a week before or six months before or five years before. I'm playing in, in, in that strategy. Today, I'm playing in a year's time. I'm playing in five years' time. I'm building a separate business. I'm never in really in the moment. Some people say it's, it's not such a good thing. No, it's interesting. I'm 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 very aligned with what you're saying, and um, you know, to where you are now, I think this is such an important part. It certainly um, helps me to where I am now. Is the the people around you? Yeah. Because obviously, there's this belief that you become a mixture of the five people that you surround yourself, five, ten, whatever it is. How important has it been? It's a hundred percent accurate. Yeah, and then also a, a sort of a second part question to that is not only the people around you, but then also the referral and the introductions. Because but you know, believe it or not, to everyone watching as well, meet some wealthy person. They know another wealthy person. That could be your next business deal. So, how's that structured for you? Um, how do I do this? I don't see anybody as a commission check. I see everybody as a relationship. Yeah. Okay. And I offer advice for free all the time. All the time. Okay. You get my expertise for free if you get a hold of me. Yeah. Now, I do that because I want to be at the forefront of people's mind and I want people to think that I'm really helpful because I am. Because actually, the best people on the planet are people who um, support the customer. Now, if you support the customer really, really well, they're going to tell all their friends what a great guy you are. You know, I just sold a house for just over 18 million pounds and the owner's just referred me to someone else in the street that owns probably the most iconic home uh, in the neighborhood and its value is probably 25 to 30 million pounds. Now that's come from a trusted source. I'm not just some stranger anymore. This is unbelievably valuable. One thing I've noticed on my travels, because I've done business in multiple uh, locations, you know, from Sydney to South Africa to Europe to um, the US, everywhere, loads of these big financial hubs. What I've found is that, and I keep mentioning this, there is there is less cynicism there. Mm-hmm. So in the US, you're really celebrated for success, and people look to understand your ingredients. So when you start choosing the 10 people around you, yeah, or start to spend your time, try and spend your time on the understanding that don't shy away from people who are successful. Don't point fingers and try and find problems. Go towards them to try and understand what makes them do what they do, what makes them so successful. 
Because once you understand that, you become better. Yeah. I guarantee you, any agent that spent two months with me, I'll make them so much more money when they go back to their office. Yeah. Like I'll double their revenue. Because they've seen up. I think you need to almost see it to believe it. And then mm -hmm. when you get that little bite of it, you can think, actually, I can do this. It's almost that holding yourself back from thinking something's not possible. Yeah, you are holding yourself back. Yeah. One yeah. thing I've noticed with very wealthy people, and I know, I would say I know some pretty wealthy people as well, is that they are very open to giving back. Um, and I think there's this perception from, you know, the, the general, I suppose, looking of someone who's very wealthy is they might be a little bit snobby, not open to helping someone else. I've actually found, and, and one of, probably a very good friend of mine, I, lo I love what he says, is it's uh, an unwritten rule of an entrepreneur to help other entrepreneurs. Um, and I actually think that those who are very wealthy, granted not everyone, but the majority who I've met, and I, I don't know what it's like for you, they were very open to helping. Okay, it's a different consideration. Uh, an entrepreneur is someone who solves a problem for many people. So they're giving back. They yeah. create a business out of giving back. Yeah. I'm going to make life your life easier. Jeff Bezos. Oh, he's a billionaire, trillionaire, so on and so on. He's got boats everywhere, whatever it may be. He built a business to help consumers find products in a faster, more efficient way. He's built that way. He found a business opportunity and he's built that way. Service is vitally important. If you're able to offer a service, you're giving something. I'm giving you my service. When you're very successful, you have this inbuilt in many instances. So a lot of my clients are unbelievably charitable. They don't shout about it. Some do, some don't. And their, their success, in, also in, in our world today, with SaaS products, yeah, where you have hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people buying into a product at 10 pounds a week or whatever it may be. Yeah. What happens is the business owner wins because millions of people are valuing the service that they're offering. So when they become phenomenally successful, they give back. This is a consideration that they have. And this must have helped within your business, certainly, that when you meet these people and you do a cracking job for them and you work really well, that must just elevate your business and you, you, know, you go on to do bigger things, surely, off the back of that. The better your service, the more successful you will be. Yeah. Um, I started my business in March 2020. I had six months non-compete and COVID hit. Yeah. Okay. So I'm working, I'm in a space of routine. I've been working for other people for most of my life. So I have to get into work at a certain time. I get to my desk. I do my emails, whatever it may be. All of a sudden routine gets thrown out the window and we start from zero with six months being out of the market. I still made a commitment to donate a significant part of our income, our profits, to charity. And thankfully, we were profitable immediately. It's so important to give back. Yeah. It gives you, uh, I'm Jewish, right? So there's a word in, um, that my people use, uh, which is nachas. Nachas is getting a good feeling by doing good. Yeah. I love that. It's an addiction. It's so nice when you do good for other people. It's much it better than receiving around, it, right? It? But it's much better than receiving it. I don't do it because I'm receiving. I do it because it makes me feel good. Yeah. I'm not asking for anything back from you. 
I just want to do good for other people around me. But that will return at some point, isn't it? It's not yeah, necessarily it will do, but I have no expectations like this. But the expectation isn't there. No, you can't. Yeah. Can't because you'll just be underwhelmed and disappointed because that happens. Uh, we've covered some incredible points, and I hope there's a lot of learning. and And I think to sort of finalise and finish on, you know, the the today's age that we're in. Of I want to touch back to marketing because I really want to emphasise this because you are a very good product of someone who, especially as you said, you started your business and then COVID happened, where so many people had to adapt, but so many people stood still. Is what would be your top tips? For someone who is watching this thinking, do you know what, I'm going to pull my finger out, I'm going to get my business started, I'm going to get in front of the camera, what's your top tips? Um, if you're going to be in the industry for the next 10, 20 years, you have to prepare for the next 10, 20 years. And to do that, um, I think the business, the business model is changing and they have you have to rely on yourself a lot more. And therefore, I would set up all my social media accounts, I would um, have a look at my profile, what I can deliver. I'd probably learn about it as much as possible. And then I would segregate all the people that I have in my phone contacts and make sure that I'm able to market to the people that I know in the way that they want to receive information. Okay. So that planning for the content for your potential customer, 100%. not just willy-nilly, it's a structure behind what you put out there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I would really second that. I And also just to sort of finish on is that um, I spoke about this on a call last night, is no one buys into a post that's just an image and, and a write-up. You know, be the face of it, as they say. There's, no, there's, there's nuances to all of this, right? And I've been practicing for the past six years. I know what's, what first shots to use, what tiles to use. Uh, if, I, if I'm in the picture, if I'm not in the picture, what kind of video content. So the guy in my, in my business, he was third. So I'll give you a little snapshot. First person I brought into the business was my ex-assistant from my previous business who could have been a management consultant and she's come in as a COO of the business. Then I brought in Sasha, who's an award-winning content creator, okay, videographer. She's the second person in the business. The third person in the business was the ex-head of digital in my previous business, who was also uh, the ex-head of digital for Countrywide, massive organization, yeah. and previously head of social for Coca-Cola. Like I built the business on the understanding that content yeah. And the delivery of content is vitally important. Yeah. Um, this is imperative. Yeah. This is absolutely imperative. And business owners now have to empower their staff more than ever. Because you can't capture the, the, the person's attention, potential customer's attention anymore in the traditional outlets, TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, shop window. It's very difficult. Hmm. But if you get your staff to advertise every day for you in a non-corporate fashion, because corporate material doesn't work, yeah, I know that, we've got the data, um, in a non-corporate fashion, they will bring business for you. No one wants, it's funny, you almost, I don't want to go on a, I certainly won't bring it up on, on this episode, but it's almost like, and this is all I'll say, is that like another episode that I recorded is accountants that send paperwork. People don't want that. They want it online, digital, uh, e-signatures. You know, it's moving with the times. It really is. Personalization and efficiencies. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel, it has been an absolute pleasure. There's been huge amounts of value. I know that my audience are going to love this. Um, I hope <laughs> there's many notes taken and, and takeaways that people are going to have learned from this. So 
It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Where can people reach out to you if they do want to find out more about your business? Daniel underscore daggers or Daniel daggers. And um, yeah, we'd love people to follow us because we're, we're, I think we're pushing boundaries and we're doing things that everyone's going to have to do. We're just doing it a bit earlier. And so uh, if you follow us, you'll see what we're all about. Yeah, well, we're going to include all of Daniel's information um, and website and Instagram in the description below. And everyone, thanks for joining us and we'll see you all very soon.